It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Yeah, well, I tell you what, folks, hello. <laughs> We're going to have a good time. Uh, I was thinking, I was thinking, what, what would the complete story feature this week? So many things are going on. So many, many things are going on, and they're important. Um, the March for Life uh, is going on, you see. In Washington, D.C., yes. And, um, and then uh, Martin Luther King, uh, you see, and what his life stood for is happening, and everything under the sun. And then it hit me. I want to share this with our audience, Rich. Someone that impacted my life very, very much. In California, where I was visiting a high school friend of mine who had moved there from Minneapolis, and he said, well, listen, let's have dinner. Then I want to take you someplace that I think you will really enjoy. And then he took me to the Sky Pilot Tabernacle there in Los Angeles, where Doris Akers, a choir, and her music was featured, and Aubrey Lee was the preacher. Isn't that funny how things stick with you that really impact you? You never forget them. Well, Dad, how long ago was that? Was that back in the 1950s? I tell you what, I can't, I can't say for now. I know it's more than 60 years ago. It's a long, long time ago. But Doris Akers, from that moment on, I really, really was impressed with her music, I was touched by her music, and and my word, I had no idea what her story was about. I had no idea who she was, but I learned later. All right, now listen, folks, we've got to get on with the program. Let's open up with Doris Aker singing this song just for you. You ask me how I know alone You ask me why I know he sits upon a throne and why I know he chose me for his very own in my heart since I
in that where it should be, folks? In that where it should be, not under your arm, but in your heart. That's that's when you accept the Lord as your Savior, in your heart. Right, and so we narrowed that down. That was sometime in the 1950s when you first when I first encountered her in Los Angeles at that time, somewhere in the 1950s. 50s, yeah. Well, I tell you what, folks. Today, you're going to know Doris Acres, and you're going to find out her story, because my word, if her family would have been into abortion, she would have never lived. You hear it. So abortion or or the race thing or anything, the color of a person's skin, that's all part of the world in which we live in, we're grappling with right now. But I want our our complete story listeners to hear the story of this person that impacted my life so strongly. Here it is. A Girl Named Doris by Blytha Ellis. This is the story of a girl named Doris, nicknamed Dot, who grew up in Kirksville. She was not born here, but spent her most formative years attending school and church in this town. She was born May 21, 1923, at Brookfield, Missouri, the eighth in a family of ten children to parents named Floyd and Pearl. Starting out, her parents had lived with Floyd's mother, Minnie Moore, in Brookfield in a household which also included Floyd's two younger sisters, Jenny and Crystal, a young niece, Corinne, and Floyd's grandmother, Nellie Moore. They later had a home of their own, which was frequently filled with music and the laughter of Doris and her siblings. Edward Milton, born 1910, Evelyn, 1912, Floyd Jr., 1913, Charles, 1914, Marion, 1917, Donald, 1918, Harley, 1921, Nellie Jane, 1924, and Bernice, 1926. Doris was closest to her sister Nellie, who was her constant playmate. Tragically, her brother Charles died in 1925 at the age of 10 of an accidental gunshot wound. Doris's father worked building houses in the Lynn County area and sometimes worked as a porter in a clothing store. Doris's family was very musical. Her father, Floyd, was a tenor singer. Her mother, Pearl, played both bass viola and pianica, a reeded mouth piano. Pearl had taught herself and was proficient on both. This influenced Doris and her siblings to love music. However, everything was not always happy in Doris's home. In 1927, her parents divorced. Doris was only four years old at that time, and she had two baby sisters. Her mother, Pearl Kelly, had been only 12 years old when she married 24-year-old Floyd on June 21, 1909, and started a family. Now Pearl was alone at age 32 with 10 children. However, three of the older boys, Edward, Donald, and Floyd Jr., stayed with their father Floyd, according to the 1930 census, in the home of their grandmother Minnie in Brookfield. Doris's mother and seven children were on their own. Fortunately, Doris's mother was blessed to meet a man named John Lawson who was willing to love and care for a woman with seven children. When Doris was five, John was getting ready to move to Kirksville, Missouri, where he had secured a job in a car dealership. He would be working as a car washer for Harry Jonas at the Prosperous Auto Sales Company at 215 West Washington Street. He asked Pearl to marry him and bring the children to live with him in Kirksville, and they did. John and Pearl were married February 24, 1929, in Milan, Missouri. John's nickname was Switch, although it is unknown how he got that name. 
he was apparently a good-humored guy as his co-workers at Auto Sales Company liked to play jokes on him. Don Clay, a former co-worker, told the story about one day when John was washing an ambulance and he left the workroom just long enough for one of the other guys to climb into the back of the ambulance and cover up. When John returned, the co-worker slowly began to sit up just to scare him. John was shocked to see this and went running to the front of the building to tell Harry Jonas someone was in the ambulance. Of course, when Harry came back to inspect the vehicle, the worker had gotten out. Don said, Old Johnny said, Well, he was there just a minute ago. The other workers could hardly contain their laughter. After coming to Kirksville, the Lawson family soon joined the AME Church. This church was a small white frame structure on the main street behind the old abandoned Benton schoolhouse between Main and Elson streets. In 1940, a large National Guard armory named the Ryer Armory would replace the old school building between Main and Elson streets, but Doris would be long gone from Kirksville by then. AME stood for African Methodist Episcopal, and it was in this small church that Doris developed her great passion for gospel music. There, she also learned about the importance of prayer and how the Holy Spirit could move in times of worship and in a person's life. Doris's stepfather, John, was a piano player, and he often used this skill to entertain the children. He could play almost anything from classical to gospel and honky-tonk. He taught Doris at a young age how to play three chords on the piano, and from this, Doris learned to play by ear. She learned she could pick up almost any instrument and play it from memory. Doris's brother Donald got a trumpet one day and began taking lessons. Doris was quite fascinated by it, so she tried playing it. But she was disappointed as it didn't come to her as easily as other instruments had. As she slept that night, Doris dreamed she could play like the band leader Tommy Dorsey on the 1937 hit song Once in a While. When she awoke in the morning, she picked up the trumpet and played the song straight through. She knew she had been given a musical gift from God. Doris and her siblings were educated at the Lincoln School in Kirksville. This was the age of segregation, and black children could not attend the regular public schools. The original Lincoln School had been established in Kirksville in 1877 in a wooden structure built on donated land on Wabash Street. In 1914, Kirksville voters had elected to build a grand three-story, $85,000 Kirksville High School on McPherson Street. Of course, the Times dictated that Doris and her siblings would never attend this high school building. As simply a footnote to this referendum, there was a $3,500 allocation for a new Lincoln School. So in that same year of 1914, when the big new high school for white children was built, the school district, not wanting to be thought of as treating their black population poorly, proudly built a small brick school with a usable basement and attic for the segregated students. It was constructed on the same location as where the old wooden Lincoln School building had been. And this is the school Doris and her siblings attended. It would not be until 1954 when segregation was declared unconstitutional that Lincoln School was closed and the nine remaining students were quietly transferred to the mainstream public schools without complaint or incident. But Doris had already completed her education by then and was gone from Kirksville. In approximately 1936, Doris graduated from eighth grade at Lincoln School at age 13. 
At that time, Doris and her siblings could not continue their education unless they were transported to the nearest black high school, which at the time was in Macon, Missouri. When students chose to do this, the Kirksville School District paid their tuition. There is no record of Doris going further than the eighth grade. However, this did not hamper the talent that God had given Doris. When Doris was 10, she had composed her first gospel song, and she titled it, Keep the Fire Burning in Me. Her church had taught her about the fire of the Holy Spirit, and it welled up inside of her. But Doris didn't have much of an outlet for her gospel singing in those early days, except at church. She longed to make music her career. Seeking to find a way to earn money with her music, Doris got two of her brothers, Edward and Donald, and one of her sisters, Marion, to join with her in forming a group to sing at events in the area. They called themselves Dot and the Swingsters. It was in the mid-1930s then, a period in history known as the Swing Era. Swing music and dance was all the rage, and the swing style of big bands and band leaders such as Benny Goodman was the dominant force of American popular music. So, that's what Doris's group sang. The quartet went out into Adair and Macon counties and played the music of Cab Calloway, Fletcher Henderson, and Duke Ellington. Years later, Doris would meet Duke Ellington and even record a song with him. However, in Doris's prayer life, she became increasingly convinced that this was not the type of music God really wanted her to sing and play. So, while still a teen... Doris stopped singing swing music and dedicated her life and talents exclusively to God and to singing gospel music. At the age of 22, in 1945, Doris fulfilled her dream of leaving Kirksville and going to Los Angeles, where she had heard there was a thriving gospel music scene. She first got a job singing and playing piano with the Sally Martin Singers. Then she began her own group called the Doris Aker Singers. Because Doris had a light skin tone, she was not always accepted by either race, black or white. But God did not allow this to stop her success as a singer and songwriter. In 1947, Doris was able to publish her first song entitled, I Want a Double Portion of God's Love. After this, Doris was on a fast track to success. She formed the Simmons Acres Trio. With Doris's many compositions and her piano skills, the group became nationally known and traveled the country, performing at many churches and other venues. They also released many recordings on several labels. With no formal musical training, Doris Akers would eventually write and compose over 500 songs with titles such as Canaan's Shore, Tell Jesus All, Glory to His Name. It means a lot to know Jesus for yourself. He's everywhere. God spoke to me one day. I never knew joy before. Jesus is the name. He's all right with me. He delivered me. And lead me, guide me. It is interesting to note that Elvis sang Doris's song, Lead Me, Guide Me, in his last movie, and the song became the title of an Elvis CD. In 1987, the song also became the title for a Catholic hymnal. Through all of this singing experience and notoriety, Doris didn't have much confidence in herself as a solo singer because she had always sung with a group. But in 1957, a producer convinced her to record a solo album called Sing Praises Unto the Lord, and it was a success. In 1958, Doris, along with her friend Mahalia Jackson, co-wrote the song Lord Don't Move the Mountain, which sold over a million records. 
That same year, Doris became director of the Sky Pilot Choir in Los Angeles. With this group, Doris helped to bridge the barrier between black and white gospel, as this was a mixed group. The Sky Pilot Choir was extremely popular, and people would travel long distances just to hear them perform. They were also featured on many recordings, television shows, and radio broadcasts across the country. This choir released three albums with Doris. Doris received many awards, including Gospel Music Composer of the Year in both 1960 and 1961. In 1976, a Doris Acres Day was held in Kirksville as part of the Bicentennial Celebration. For this occasion, Doris wrote a special composition. Doris returned to her hometown, and 20,000 people attended her evening concert. In 1992, Doris was honored by the Smithsonian Institute as the foremost black gospel songwriter in the United States. But perhaps what Doris Akers will be most remembered for is one song in particular which she wrote in 1962 while directing the Sky Pilot Choir. One Sunday morning, she said to her singers, you are not ready to go into the service. She didn't believe they had prayed enough. They were accustomed to spending time with her in prayer before the service, asking God to bless their songs. She said, I feel that prayer is more important than great voices. They had already prayed, but this particular morning, she asked them to pray again, and they did. Even Doris was surprised at the intensity of that second prayer time. As their prayer meeting continued on and on, Doris began to wonder how she could stop this wonderful prayer time. She said, I sent word to the pastor letting him know what was happening. He was waiting in the auditorium, wanting to start the service. Finally, I was compelled to say to the choir, we have to go into the service now. I hate to leave this room because there is such a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, but we must. Doris said, songwriters always have their ears open for a new song. On that morning, suddenly a song started singing to me. I wanted to write it down right then, but I couldn't. I had to direct my choir. I thought the song would be gone from my head after the service. But the next morning, to my surprise, I heard the song in my head again. So I went to the piano and began to write it all down. She wrote the now famous song, Sweet, Sweet Spirit. In this song, she recognized the spirit in this place as the spirit of the Lord. She could see in the sweet expressions of the choir members that they also recognized the presence of the Lord. In the chorus of the song, she references the New Testament where the Spirit of God descended like a dove, lighting upon Jesus at His baptism. She refers to the Holy Spirit as sweet heavenly dove, asking Him to stay right here with us, filling us with your love. All of her life, Doris Akers believed that God wants His children to pray. Her songs were sung and played around the world, ministering to Christians in their worship of God. Doris lived during the final years of her life in Minneapolis, Minnesota, serving as Minister of Music at Grace Temple Deliverance Center. She was diagnosed with spinal cancer after she broke her ankle in August of 1994 and was treated by a doctor. She died on July 26, 1995 in Minneapolis. Only three of her siblings outlived her, sisters Nellie and Bernice and brother Donald Akers. Doris is buried in Lakewood Cemetery in Hennepin County, Minnesota. She was posthumously inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2001 and into the Southern Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2011.
Uh, my my word, Rich. Um, my own father is buried in Hennepin County, uh, Minnesota. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, Dad. And you know what? They they kept mentioning Kirksville, Missouri. She grew up in Kirksville, Missouri, and that's where we have one of our largest radio stations with 100,000 watts, 107.9 FM. Our manager, Paul Shipman, and our team there do an outstanding job broadcasting the gospel throughout that whole area. On a 1,000-foot tower, by the way. Right, in northeastern Missouri. How, how many radio stations do we have in Missouri? A hundred and oh, in Missouri, it's about twenty-five. Twenty-five in Missouri, and totally on the network now. One hundred and twenty-five all across the network. I tell you what, folks, this whole story, this whole story, and the fact that you know when we piece this together, it was in the nineteen fifties that I went from San Francisco to Los Angeles, where I first heard her as a sky pilot. Uh, choir, yeah, the Sp- Sky the Pilot choir. choir. All right, so listen now, folks. Uh, my word to you is this. There is nothing, nothing in life more important than to be used of God. Here it is. To be used of God is my preparing for a big pastor event in St. Louis, and we were in the hotel, and there was a gathering there from people that come from out of town, and and I can't remember how the name Doris Akers came up, but there was a lady there whose mother 
uh, it was that brought Doris Akers from California, uh, out to California, I guess, from the Midwest area, out to California. Uh, do you remember that? She helped to arrange uh, her uh, speaking or and singing engagements. Well, I guess that was, that was this lady's mother. Right. You know what, folks? We are all part of one's family. And if you know the Lord, you're part of God's family. All right, now we got to get into some listener comments. We... We we need to do that. I love that when when the listener comments are shared with our listening audience. Here's a man from Indiana. Hi, my name's Jack. I listen in uh, Indiana. Uh, I've been listening to Bot Radio for probably three years now. Um, as soon as I found it, uh, I haven't really shut it off, and it has played a significant role in my um, in my salvation and in my sanctification. So. I really appreciate um, all that you guys do, and all of your programs are amazing. Thanks. Oh, oh thank you, Jack. Yeah. It plays a significant role in his salvation and his sanctification. Now, I'd like to tell sometime how we happened to buy that station in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and move into Indiana with several wow, other that was stations. our third station. All right, now here's a lady. Hi, this is Julie from Hope, Kansas. Thank you for the good news of God's holy promises and for the old hymns that contain truth and encouragement for my soul. The complete story with you and your son is by far my favorite on Bot Radio. Thank you for your kindness and your hard work to shine the light on God's truth. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Julie. God bless you in yeah. Hope, Kansas. Yeah, and Hope, Can do you know where Hope is? I Kansas? looked it up, yep. That's it's... quite a name for a town. <laughs> yeah, that's a good name. All right, here's a gentleman. Yeah, I thank God for Black uh, Radio Network. I've been with them ever since they started out there in Independent off of Sterling Avenue. And I just love how I see the growth and keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Uh, oh, he's uh, been listening since we were in Independence, Missouri. Oh, oh, man, that goes back a long ways. Here's a lady. I just want to thank Mr. Dick Boss and Shirley Boss for starting this radio show over 60 years ago. They have been a lifeline to not only me, but thousands of people and many friends. It is truly a gift of God, and I thank God Almighty for you. I love Rich Bot, and I love you, Mr. Bot. Oh. God bless you. Oh, dear lady, dear lady. Thank you, oh, lady. Rich, give us that phone number again. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear your testimony, your story. 1-800-345-2621. And this is uh, Dick Bot. Uh, with my son Rich, and this is the conclusion of this chapter of The Complete Story. 